Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Great God. Holy God. No place I'd rather That's be. right. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. Here in your love. Here in your love. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. Here in your love. Here in your love.
praise you, Lord. I worship you, great, wonderful, glorious, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. You are our King and our God. You are the Lord our God, and I praise you. God of mercy, God of compassion, God of love, God of pardon and forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, dear God. Holy Savior. Holy Savior. Holy Savior. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear God. Well, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. I'm so glad each and every one of you are here. Feel the great presence of God. Had a day or two to visit with some old friends, ministers. I've been bragging on y'all. Couldn't couldn't wait to get back and get in church and see you all again. And uh, I'm glad you're here this morning. I'm glad the Holy Ghost is here this morning. Amen. Amen. There is great comfort in the comforter. The Holy Ghost is the comforter. And, uh, you know, when you, we say when we get below 70 degrees, we start pulling covers around here. We get a little chilly. And uh, they have what they call a comforter. You can put that a little bit better than a sheet. Help you have a little warmth. You know that's how the Holy Ghost is. You get to feel a little chilly. Come to church. You get to get inside that comforter. The Holy Ghost. Get to feel the presence of God just blanket you and keep out the chill. Oh, yeah. Just let you feel the warmth and the embrace of God's Spirit and God's power. The Bible talks about His everlasting arms. It just wrap you up. I read about in a magazine, uh, a celebrity. We're doing a little feature article because this celebrity's mother has a some type of a disease has come upon her. And uh, when they spoke to the mother, and she was telling about this little girl growing up, and of course how she became a celebrity now. But back in the day when she was a little girl, and go to the park, ride down the slide and stuff. And she described the relationship of her with her daughter. She said, we were, we were sugar muffins. She said, we just loved one another and hugged one another and, uh, as this little girl was growing up. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad my God just knows how. It said, taste and see that the Lord, he's good. And just for you to know how much he loves you, for you to realize how much He wants to do for you. How much He wants to help you. And if you could look to Him, if you could appeal to Him, 
even to the point that Job's writings said, acquaint now thyself with the Lord. Just, you know, give God a chance here. And uh, don't be so standoffish, you know. The Bible said, feel after him. Get those hands up. Get those five senses going. And after a while, you're going to get out of those five natural senses and you're going to get into those spiritual senses. You're going to start to experience God who is a spirit. And the natural man, he just can't seem to get there. But that spiritual man, those spiritual senses, you start exercising. You know, you start exercising. And pretty soon those spiritual senses kick in. And you taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm sure you've been outside when it's uh, a rain about to come and your sense of smell starts picking it up on the wind. You realize it, it's going to rain. And everybody said, praise the Lord. And you, you begin to pick things up, you know. And so it is in the spiritual realm. You start picking up what God's doing. And his spirit is moving. He's here. And you start realizing, man, he's here and I knew it not. I need to wake up. God is here. Woo! God is here. And he's, he's come to see about me. Come to check me out. Like I tell sometimes people, I'll give them a phone call and I'll say, I'm, I'm Dr. Feld and I'm checking your chart. We'll check on your vitals, see how your blood pressure is doing, you know, and your sugar, we got it in level here. You know, your sugar and your blood pressure run about the same. They want it between 80 and 120. And I come to check if it's low or if it's high, if we're right in there in that comfort zone where it ought to be. Everybody said amen? amen. Somebody said, well, I'm feeling a little guilty. I did it wrong. You're in the right place, sir. You're in the right place. Is where we can take care of all that guilt. We get rid of that stuff. You don't need to get in that guilt trip. Don't take that vehicle. You bring you you bring all that guilt right here. You could be a truck backer upper. You can back your your truck of your life up, and you can unload all that guilt, and Jesus will take it away. That's why we won't baptize you in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Take away all that sin, all that guilt. Amen, amen, amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Well, give God another big hand. Come on, let's sing. I'm not done singing, girl. Only you better leave.
Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. If you have a Bible. As I stated, I'm very happy to be here with you and to feel the good presence of the Lord. And uh, I'm glad that you're here in church where you belong. Thank you, dear God. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. In the book of John, the gospel according to John. Chapter 14. Now, you know... Most everybody, if you ask them if they love God, they're going to say, yeah. I would have said that before I ever became a preacher. I'm sure I did. And, uh, but I, I hadn't read the Bible before I got in the church, became a preacher. I was just lost, and I was running around doing all kinds of silly things that are ashamed to talk about, so we won't talk about it. But uh, in the 14th chapter of the book of St. John, verse 15, Jesus said, If ye love me, keep my commandments. Now, you know, we, we'd be talking about Yes, I love you, Lord. You know, the Lord asked 
the man that was to become the apostle Peter, he said, lovest thou me? First time Peter said, yeah, Lord. He just went on whittling or whatever Peter was doing. He went peeling potatoes or something. And uh, actually, there's a gentleman down the street this morning owns a gas station. And uh, I stopped there after the radio station to get some gas. And I, uh, I said, um, he, he came out of the store with an apple. And I put my window down and I said, hey, I'm glad to see you eating that apple. And he said, yeah, he said, I quit smoking. Well, I know he did because I, I had winners to him about that stuff was going to kill him. And I mean, every time you saw him, he had another. Judge, he'd barely put one out and he'd light another one. I'm not exaggerating. Young man. And I, I, I showed him a clip on the, on the phone and like we showed the children, the young people here at the, the academy. Y'all remember that? Yeah, I know you remember that. And uh, so he, I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for you, I said. He said, I'm going crazy. He said, I'm going nuts. I said, chew gum and, eat, and eat, keep eating apples. I said, I'm praying for you, man. I'm praying for you. And I want him to come and get the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. I told him, I said, your problem, what you're fighting right now, is just old habit, just old habit. And uh, our God can deliver from that. So, anyway, back to the point. If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. Let me help you if you love me. Let me help you. There's some things you need to do, and I want to help you do those things. So he went on to say, and I will pray. This is the man Christ Jesus. This is just like I'm standing here in front of you. That's how Jesus was standing there giving them these words. The only difference is, and it's a big difference, is that in Jesus, in the Son of God, in the man Christ Jesus, in the one that you could look at just like you can look at me, and if you only if you see more than one of me up here, wipe your glasses off or go back to the eye doctor and get some good ones. Alright? But uh, there's only one of me up here. The difference is that in Jesus, in the visible that you could see, dwell the fullness of the Father. He's a spirit. Whereas, I don't have the fullness. I have his spirit by measure. Okay, that's the difference. In him dwell the fullness of the very God, of the Father, bodily. Okay, simple way, he had a full tank. I have a half a tank, we'll say. Okay, I have it by measure. All right. So, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Now, I have the Spirit of God, but I pray, I pray to him who is everywhere, but I have him in me. So that's not a, contradiction or shouldn't be a terrible thing for somebody to understand, terribly difficult thing for anybody to understand, that you can have the Spirit of God in you, and yet the Spirit of God can be in others, and He can be everywhere. The Bible said the heavens of the heavens, all of space and beyond, 
cannot contain him. All right. I'm going to let you sit down just a minute. God love you. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Jesus went on to say, verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless or without comfort. I will come to you. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. You know, when you're first learning about him, it's uh, some of these words that are to many of us so familiar now. We have young men here uh, who's looking at a presentation that they did for Senior Fitzfeld and I, and many of you were interviewed, and, and uh, I, uh, one of our young people said in it how much he appreciated being in the church and being in the academy and, and um, taking me in when I was so young and when I was, you know, whatever, six, five, kindergarten. And now I'm in high school, <laughs> you know. And uh, so once I was young, David said, and, and now I'm senior. Did he say that? Oh, now I'm old. And uh, so anyway, I'm saying to you that many of our, even our young ones among us, these words are familiar. But you know, when I first came to the church as a lost young man, I, uh, these words were not familiar to me. It would, it'd be like, you know, I can speak a little Spanish, and I do real good to a point, but it's when you speak back to me. I get lost right there. It's, 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 I get drowned. The, the words are moving too quickly, and I guess, and, and, uh, and uh, boy, I'm just, my computer goes tilt. It, it gets overloaded. It goes down right then, right? It crashes right then and there. And uh, I guess that's what you call having to work on the conversation part of it. And uh, they said that they took a man I knew one time, and he was in the Army. No, he's in the Navy. And he was a lawyer, training to be. And he, uh, he, uh, they were going to send him to Italy. Or as somebody said, Italy. They were going to send him to Italy. And, uh, and he, um, they put him in a language school to teach him Italian, which is, you know, similar. Spanish and Italian have a lot of things in common. So does French. A lot of, a lot of similarities in words. And um, so uh, he said it was from the time you walked in the classroom until the time you got out of the classroom, it was total immersion. You could not speak anything but that language that you were learning, which in this case, as I said, was Italian. And so that was it. You didn't say hi. You know, you didn't say how are you doing. You had to say it in Italian. It wasn't, if you had to go to the bathroom, you better learn how to say it in Italian real good. Because you couldn't say it in English. It wasn't going to happen. 
So they call it a total immersion. Total immersion. Which means that you're, you're immersed, you're clothed upon with that language. And that's it. And you know what? Right behind me here, there's a baptismal tank. There's water in it, right? Okay. And uh, hopefully the heater's on. And uh, we had one guy, I think we had to teach him a little lesson, a little bit of, he needed some lessons. And so we, um, I think Tom on purpose didn't put the heater on so that when we baptized him, he was shaking. So, uh, but we'll put the heater on for you, okay? And, and make you feel comfortable. But uh, in, in putting him in the, we immersed him. We immerse you. We bury you in the name of Jesus Christ. You go all the way under the water, and we bring you all the way back up. And when we do that, we're, we're immersing you. We're burying you because the Bible said that we're buried with Jesus Christ in water baptism. And we're burying our old nature. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So we have a commandment to be born again of water. And the way we, the Bible teaches to do that is to be fully immersed in water, to be buried in water, because that water becomes a symbolic of a grave. And we're burying the old you. I remember when they buried the old me. And my wife, we both got buried together. And uh, we tell each other that now, that uh, it, that is in 40 years, that... Um, you know, she'll say, you can't go before me. And I'll say, and you can't go before me. And so we'll say, well, we'll just go together. And then we go, and then what will they do? <laughs> so one of us, we don't know who, is going to have to stick around, you know, to make sure there's a good transition. All right? And uh, so anyway, <laughs> I'm simply saying we, we got in the tank together. And that tank was outside. And, uh, you know, I don't know what they did with that tank, Sister Reva. But if I'd have known, I'd have got it. I'd have got it. I'd have it right here, right now. And uh, but that tank was outside. And we got in that tank. And our pastor, Brother Dunn, he, he baptized us. Everybody said, Brother Dunn, you go to this church, you need to know who my pastor was. And that was Brother W.H. Dunn. Okay? All right. And uh, we're going to have a, a nice picture of he and his wife up in the new building. And we're going to have a mural of them in our prayer room. That's for both the men and the women. And, uh, and we want you to be a part of everything that's going on here. We want you to share in our history. Okay? We want you to share. We also want you to realize that that history goes all the way back to this book. And it's called the Apostles' Doctrine. The belief of the Apostles. Christ's Doctrine. Jesus Christ gave his doctrine, his belief, to his set of beliefs. He gave them to the Apostles. And the Apostles were charged to give them to everybody else. And so they did. And the way that happened is, as they gave it, to them in their time when they were living invisible people could see them and talk to them and be prayed for by them then the time came where those people got obedient to the commandments of God which is the apostles doctrine and then 
from there, they begin to grow up and they begin to teach others. And that's gone on from generation after generation after generation. And people are continuing to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay? And somebody said, well, I was baptized when I was a baby. Well, good. So was I. Didn't do me a lick of good growing up. Because I, when I was that baby, I didn't know nothing about the difference between right and wrong. Now, religion and adults in my life, it made them feel good to take me and, you know, like my mother-in-law said. She said, uh, I was a baptized. She was a tank. And you think? And I said, uh, she said, yeah, I was a baptized in Rome. Roma. Okay. She said, yeah. She says, with the water and the oil and the garlic. And I said, and you sounded like a salad more than a baptism. <laughs> so, you know, there's traditions. There's traditions. And uh, there's, you know, my mother-in-law, bless her heart. She, I remember when we moved into a, a place and, and she came over and she hangs this thing up. And I'm looking at my wife and I'm going, What's that? And she said, eh, it's garlic and it's this and it's that. And she's naming all these different things and they're all hanging up there. And I said, and the purpose of that would be to ward off evil spirits. I said, boy, I'm glad I got more than, than that. Because I'm telling you what, the devil don't pay no mind to garlic. He don't care anything about plants and the herbs. And it don't mean a, he'll blow right past all those things. You know, I'm telling you, you got to get out of the flesh. And you gotta get in the spirit. And you gotta you gotta learn. Jesus said, learn of me. Let me teach you about the spiritual realm. Let me teach you about reality. Okay? I'm not out to hurt anybody's feelings or make anybody feel bad. Quite the opposite. I want to make you feel good. But I want you to have reality. You you could throw all the garlic clothes at the devil you want, but it's not gonna affect him one bit. I promise you, Brother Small, back, back there in the right-hand corner, if I'd have brought garlic to the hospital room, to the intensive care, if I'd have brought yams, wouldn't have done any good. You know? But man, I brought the name of Jesus Christ, and it did good. <laughs> it did good. You know what that means to watch that man walk in that door? It's like Peter and John, when they took that guy by the hand, he leaped up. He never had walked. His ankle bones and his legs received strength in the name of Jesus Christ. Friend, he see Brother Small come out of that hospital bed, walking all over that hospital, and it blew them nurses away. They're like, how did that happen? You know? Well, we know how it happened. That at the name of Jesus Christ, silver and gold have I none. Garlic and sage have I none. But in the name of Jesus Christ, such as I have, give I unto thee. Oh, friend, I think, I know that Brother Small is happier to have what I had than to have some garlic. 
such as I have, such as this church has, such as this word has, that power in the Holy Ghost, that healing in the Holy Ghost, that salvation in the name that's above every name, and neither is there any other. That name is Jesus Christ. Am I knocking their traditions? I don't have to knock anybody's tradition. Okay? But since you were able to learn all those traditions, and you claim and you love him, then remember, he said, keep my commandments. So I don't have to fuss with you about your, your private things. I don't have to fuss with you about your traditions of men. I simply need to help you to focus on the Word of God that will give to you the commandments of God. And we'll spend a little time learning that. All right? I had a man, when I first came into church, the Lord blessed me with a job downtown Miami in a big high-rise. It was a bank. It was across from Biscayne Park and Bay. And, and uh, I would go to that park every day and just about and witness the people on my lunch hour, my break time, and and uh, I uh, was at the job one day, and there was a man there that was sick. And I told him, I said, I will, I'll pray for you. Oh, no, 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 I said, yeah, that's okay. I said, you know, the Bible said that, uh, and he, he claimed his religion. And the Bible said that, uh, I told him, I began recounting that the Bible said that the prophet, he came to the mountain and he watched people with their religion and their tradition. And they, they, were, gonna, they were going to, somebody quickly, thank you. They were, going to, uh, they were going to try to get their God to answer. And uh, the prophet said, the God that answers by fire, we'll let him be God. In other words, the God that answers in power and authority, we'll let him be God, okay? And uh, come right in and sit wherever you want to sit. We love you. Appreciate you. All right. God bless you. So, anyway, we love visitors. Come on in. So, this prophet is confronted by a great number of people filled with their traditions and their spooky dust and all kinds of ideas. You know, we had a funeral here not too long ago, and there were some ladies, I use that term lightly, there were some females that were unhappy with the funeral and the power of God and the words of God, because it, it wasn't according to their tradition. It wasn't according to their private beliefs. And uh, so they, they went about, I was told, the church here, and they were sprinkling dust, supposedly to destroy me or something. And I said, oh, have them call me. I'll meet them here when they bring their spooky dust. I would like to be right here 
when they come and sprinkle their dust. And that's what the prophet was looking at these people and, and watching them do all their incantations and their spooky dust and throwing things up in the air. And they got so frustrated because their God didn't answer until the prophet, he decided, he started feeling the belly laugh coming up. And he said, hey! You know, he just feeling like a little bit of the, the Holy Ghost comedian coming out. He said, hey! Maybe your God is sleeping. Oh, oh, wait, maybe he's on vacation. <laughs> and they got madder. And they are cutting themselves with, with all kinds of sharp instruments. And they're bleeding now. Finally, you know, he said, man, these guys are going to kill themselves. He said, I better stop this. He said, all right, guys, all right, all right. You had your chance. He said, no, I've tolerated it. He said, y'all just take a rest. Sit down over there. And he said, let me show you how this works. And he began to keep the commandment of God. He began to show them how the basics go. And he began to build the altar according to the word of God. Chapter and verse, subject matter, God's command. Do things according to the pattern that I showed you. And so he, that pattern came from Moses, from God to Moses. Kind of like the doctrine of Christ being given to the apostles. And Moses then shared it and uh, got down to the prophet. And the prophet had that same pattern. And, oh, let me show you how we do things decently and in order. You know, life can be so good. Life can be so good. I tell you, Jesus wants to give you a good life. And you can sit there and feel guilty and sinful. I know. I used to sit right there and feel that way. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I used to just be so miserable and uncomfortable unhappy, knowing that I had so much wrong stuff in my life. But you know, Jesus said in his word that he's ready to pardon. He's ready to forgive. Yeah, he's ready. How about you? You ready? You sitting on ready? Don't do me like my wife now. I say, you ready, honey? Yeah. Then she don't come. And, uh, honey, you ready? Uh-huh. And then I realize, I say, honey, I can't see her because she's in the other room. And I'm like, honey, I get the strong feeling that you're going around in circles. You know? So finally, after a while, she'll... Quit going in circles and come on out the door. Because she knows the last thing I'll say is, I'm in the truck. Air conditioning's going. I'll be reading my Bible waiting on you. <laughs> and she'll come out, turn the alarm on, lock the door. And I leave the key in the door. Everything, just trying to make it as easy as I can. And out the door we go. and I, I mean, out the driveway we go. And uh, so, you know, we, we've got to get out of that going in circles thing. Right? And we got to prod you a little bit. And the Lord is saying, I'm ready. How about you? I'm ready. How about you? He's got the key in the door. He's got that key in the door. 
He gave the keys to us. He gave us the pattern, the church. And we're ready to show you that those keys are going to open the door in your life of salvation. We're going to show you what you need to do. Because Jesus said, I'm the door. So if we open that door for you, you can come on in. And you can begin to learn of him. Learn how much he loves you. You can learn his commandments or his word, his chapter and verse, his subject matter. And these words then won't be confusing to you. You'll hear them and you'll read them. You can put your finger on chapter and verse and read it, as the song said, for yourself. Okay? How wonderful that is. That it's just not, it's not gossip. It's not hearsay. It's not tradition. You know, the Bible said in one place, it said that described the people as they full well reject the commandment of God. They push the commandment of God away. They close their eyes to it. They fight it. Full well reject the commandment of God. Because they want to keep their own way of doing. They want the garlic. They want the little traditions. You know. You want, you want, you want fake? You want phony? Wouldn't you hate to come in here? And you have cancer, we'll say, or a stroke, something. And uh, you've asked me to pray for you. And you come in. And I'm kneeling down at this bush. Oh, help us, Paul. Please, please help us. That bush is not going to answer me. I can't hear you. I guess not. Is that what you want me to do? Or do you want me to talk to the living God? You want me to talk to the one that can do something? Say, well, I can't see him. Well, you can talk to him. And he can confirm his word. He can do it. He has done it. And he continues to do it. Amen. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Now, you know, there's just so many in here I could talk about. Brother Franklin here, he had a, he had a stroke. I'd see him. We prayed for him. And next thing you know, he's got the cane. He's going down, up and down the, the sidewalk in front of his house. That cane. I don't see that cane no more. It's gone. Yeah. Brother Small had the, the walker when he finally got to where he could use the walker. But he walked in here this morning, he didn't have no walker. He had his wife, but he didn't have no walker. Amen. Amen. And I told on my little break for the last day or two with this preacher and his wife, I said, because they have a daughter, she's, you know, 45, I think, and, um, and then the granddaughter, and uh, we were eating and talking, and, you know, we get together, we talk the Bible, we talk shop, we talk scripture, we talk the work of God, we talk about y'all, at least I do, I'm sure I bored them to death, <laughs> but uh, that's what I did, and, um, but I said, um, you know, I said, this beautiful truth, this message that we have. And I began, I was trying to, to 
particularly share with the granddaughter and the daughter and telling about what all God has done and the tremendous healings he's given. And it came out, and I only wish Sister Stephanie was sitting up here right now, and, and Angie, that um, it came out that um, this young lady, now don't get convicted on me, okay, across the congregation here, too much anyway, that uh, this daughter seems to be a Mountain dew holic And uh, I said, oh, let me tell you about the Mountain Dew. I said, um, I kept getting those phone calls at midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, from the emergency room. See the pastor? I need prayer. Where you at? Emergency room. Okay. He says, my gallbladder. Okay. Head down to the... I, I do house calls. I do emergency room calls. <laughs> I do. I don't know any place that I don't go, and or won't go. And and God help you if you go in the bar. I'll I'll go in the bar and get you. I'll drag you out of there. <laughs> but uh, uh, wherever you're at, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> and uh, so I I uh, I told. I said finally I told these several different ones that were Mountain Dew holics that. Uh, I said, no more Mountain Dew, because I'm getting tired of coming down here at 12 and 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, now y'all just back off of that stuff, and let's get these gallbladders healed. But remember, faith without works, you're dead. You know? So we got to, and I was telling the young lady, she said, well, I'm down to one and two. I said, well, you're moving in the right direction. Good for you. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. Move in the right direction, and we will encourage you. We're not here to beat you up. Just like the man I told you with the cigarettes down there. Thank God he was a regular chimney. And I told him, I said, you don't know what you're doing to your lungs until that day comes and you're, <laughs> you can't breathe. You can't get in the air. And he was so young, and he just, he's a young man. And he, he was so convicted. And I was so glad to see him today with a bright red apple in his hand instead of a cigarette in his hand. Happy for him. Happy for him. You know what the Lord said? The Lord said, why will you die? He's saying, live. I want you to live. Well, you know what? That's far beyond what a... A, a death built around a cigarette. The Lord is saying, how will you escape the damnation of hell? How? Jesus has come to give you the escape. He came to give you. Everybody said me. He came to give you the escape. He came and has made it possible for you to escape the damnation, the eternal damnation of hell. Now you think about some of the things you do. You know that you know senior pastor don't want you doing. Hmm? For your good, he don't want you doing. And, um, and then ask yourself, is what I'm doing worth missing heaven? 
Is what I'm doing worth going to hell over? You know, some people have never understood the principle, ladies, of why we don't cut and why our men do. And then there's Marvin that really do. do. And, uh, but the truth of the matter is, if you study the Bible and get past the surface, hang in here and let us teach you the things of God, then you will, you'll get past the surface and you'll start to see the underlying principle behind it. And it's, ladies, because to do that is to be rebellious. And further depth, it is an identification with the wrong nature. Paul said, doth not nature itself, even nature itself teach you? You know, God wants a woman to be a woman, and he wants a man to be a man. And when I see somebody that's supposed to be a woman, you know, I, I just, oh, God help them because they're very confused. Very confused. And I, I, I would imitate, yeah, I know, Tom, that's how I'm feeling right now. I would imitate some of these guys that are supposed to be masculine. Did you ever see them? They're more feminine than a woman is. That's, that's the spirit of it. And they're so confused. And they're so lost their identity. Okay? And we're praying for everybody. We want to help everybody. But we compromise with nobody. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to say that's okay. You know, and we're going to be sharp. We're going to be vigilant. We're going to be sober. We're going to keep the commandments of God from A to Z, whatever they might be, so that we identify with the right thing in life, or the, I should say with the right commandments of life. And those commandments are right. Those commandments are good. Those commandments are true. And they're going to, they're going to, Help us to escape the spirits that want to destroy us, to twist us, and keep us from spending all of eternity with Jesus. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Jesus wants, and through the church and through moi, he wants the best for you. He wants the very best for you. And I know you could say, sitting there, but it's so hard. It's so difficult. There are times when it's hard. There are times when it's difficult. Okay? If you want to show me that you're a man, live for God. If you want to show me that you're a woman, live for God. Square your shoulders and say no to the forces of this world the ugly, evil spirits, the wild, rebellious spirits. You see, you know, we're wild by nature. We're wild by nature. And we need to be tamed by the Holy Ghost through the new nature that we get when we get born again. 
Jesus said, you got to be. You must be born again of water and of the Spirit. Of water, we're going to baptize you in water in the name of Jesus Christ because that's what the Bible commands. And we're going to pray for you and God's going to give you the gift of the Holy Ghost. His Holy Spirit is going to be sent into your heart, which is the seat of your thoughts and your emotions. Okay? He's going to, the real you, your mind, your heart, He's going to send His Spirit into your heart. Fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of eternal life. and You'll be born again of the Spirit. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. And I, I want us to, like the prophet Ezekiel, you know, when he started out, the water was only touching the bottom of the soles of his feet. And, but as he walked, the water was coming up, and he was wading into the water. We all like that song, right? Wading in the water. <laughs> I like that part where it said, I went down in the water, and the water was cold. It said, chill my body, but not my soul. <laughs> Especially when you do it in Jesus' name. And that's, a, that's the end of my singing, don't worry. That's my, Sister Vicky, you quit laughing at me now. <laughs> I don't mind, though. I don't, I don't blame you. I laugh at myself. It's good when you laugh at yourself a little bit, church family. Yeah, it's good when you can, can laugh at yourself a little bit. Don't take yourself too seriously. Amen. But uh, old Ezekiel, he kept wading in the water, you know, getting away from the old traditions, getting away from the shallowness, getting away from things you picked up somewhere, religious things. And that you're going deeper because you're saying you love him and you're proving it out. You're talking to Bob about the proof of your love. Proving it out. I love you, Jesus. Peter, you love me? Yes, Lord. Come around a second time. Leading Peter a little bit deeper into the water. Simon Peter, lovest thou me? Now, Peter, and Peter put the, the knife in the stick down then or the potato spud he put that down then and he said yeah I love you Lord you know the Lord was a very good psychologist and he always used psychology to help the person not for himself and that's a big difference and so when he waited just the right amount of time and he said Simon, Simon Peter, he said, lovest thou me? Oh, boy, Peter came unglued. <laughs> he got out of his seat, and he, Lord, thou knowest everything. You know that I love you. He was distraught. He was upset. You know the Lord knows how to get us just where he wants us. Just where he wants us. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like putting a, an arm twist, you know, just the right amount of pressure. And the Lord eased up. And he said, okay. He said, I need you to take care of some business. Feed my sheep. Well, 
Keep my commandments. You love me. Keep my commandments. That's what he said. He said, you do that? And he said, I'm going to give you comfort. I'm going to help you in your struggle and your difficulties, things that you're going to run into from day to day, things in your marriage, things on your job, Every, anything you can think of. You, you can't come up with something other than sin. You can't come up with something that God can't do. Nothing is impossible with God. Another, another way, all things are possible with Him. And that's why we say it's Him possible, not impossible. Him possible, through Him. Through Him, all things are possible. Shall we stand together? He wants to give you the spirit of truth. He wants to give you the Holy Ghost. Sick in your body? It's no big thing to Jesus. No big thing. And I, I can't take the time right now, but I could, I could go through biblical account after biblical account of Jesus Christ healing people, the apostles healing people, this church right here, I could call many names, people right here this morning, God has healed. I could give many accounts of people that God has healed. Hospitals we've gone to, nursing homes we've gone to, homes, houses we've gone to, and God has healed. But you know what? There is something more important than healing. Jesus said, it'd be better for you to go through life missing your right eye or your right hand or your right foot. Go through life maimed than to enter into hell whole. Oh, yes. You want to you wanna keep his command. Learn his, let us teach you his commandments. And you learn them to where he gives you a new nature. And this word of God becomes a part of you. It becomes your nature. And everybody said praise the Lord. The styles of this world. The attitudes of society. Not worth it. Not worth it. Cut it off. Cut it off. Just don't need it. Don't want it. Praying. You ever pray? I don't want to want it, Lord. I do that over sweets all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Okay. You know dessert spelled backwards is stress. That's some of my problems. Too much dessert. Yeah. So uh, I want to help you with your stress. Nothing like church to help you with your stress. Be able to come to the house of the Lord. Let's take a moment. How about, here's a very good stress reliever. It's not called Tai Chai. 
It's called Praise the Lord. Would you lift your hearts with your hands? She's going to sing and worship with her. Thank you, dear God. We love and praise you. We need you, Holy God. We thank you, righteous Father. Help me to want, to want to worship you. To want to praise you. To want to keep your commandments, your great words. I thank you, dear God. I praise you, dear King. Come on now. I can't read the name, but she tells you what it is.